Welcome to track number nine of Advancing in Pegamos. Eight o'clock in the 45 minutes time, and then we have to check out of the hotel, check out of the rooms and everything, and then when we come back, we're going to come back at 10 o'clock, and then from 10 o'clock we'll be here till about 12, 1, 2 o'clock at latest, and then we're out of here. Amen. Now, let's quickly move on to, just for 30 minutes that we have before we break, the further deceptions of disloyalty. Amen. Deceptions of disloyalty. Now, there are six stages of disloyalty when you are becoming disloyal. Is that not so? What is stage number one? Stage one is the stage of offenses and being hurt. Stage two is what? Stage of being independent. Oh, it's not stage one, an independent spirit. Okay, independent spirit. Stage two, offenses. Stage three, passive, being passive. Stage four. So you write, write down the six stages or seven stages of disloyalty. And then I'm going to share with you a little about each of these before we summarize and leave for uh, breakfast. Okay. Stage one is independent spirit, an independent spirit. Number two is a stage of offense and um, what do you call it? Being hurt. Stage three is a stage of being passive, being cool, being withdrawn, being not involved. All right? All right? Stage number four is what? Stage of being critical or criticizing, murmuring, criticizing. When you start criticizing, stage five is a stage, a political stage, where you are involved uh, politically. That is, with a lot of people talking about it, saying, you know, uh, what do you think about this? A lot of people are saying, many people don't like what's happening. A lot of people think that. You, you're making a, a mistake. Many people are not happy with the way you talk. People don't like the way you wave your hands. People don't, are not happy with the way you walk around. A lot of people think you are proud. Many people have said that you are arrogant. Many people feel that that is political. You get it? You always have the opinions of others. You are a political party. Now, you are now involving people in your messages. Not just you, but a lot of people are saying, many people think that a lot of people have said, uh, I don't want to tell you what people are saying. I've had to cool them down and things like that. You are a bad person involved in political disloyalty. Amen. Are you listening to me? Stage number six is a stage of deception where you are deceived. And uh, we are looking at deception actually as a whole thing now. And then the last one is a stage of open rebellion. Stage 7 and stage 8 is the stage of execution where you are executed for your, your wrong thoughts. Amen. Amen. Are you listening to me? Yes. Wonderful. Now, yesterday we looked at the deceptions of disloyalty. Is that not so? What was deception number one? It looks like an easy way forward. Is that not so? Number two? It looks like a quick way forward. In it. The prodigal son looked like he was advancing quickly. So David was advised to kill Saul. 
and he would rapidly move forward into you know the kingship you get it but if he had done that he would have been like Atalia amen how many remember Atalia give me a wave Atalia the queen Atalia was she stable on the throne was she uh, did she have did she have a good future no why she didn't come in the right way she maneuvered her way and did wrong things and she ended up in a very high position but in the wrong way it lasted only six years and before she could say Jack Robinson she was down somewhere and ordinary people were killing her careful I said careful so God is showing us that if there is nothing like the quick way up there quick way to become a bishop quick way to become a pastor quick way to become a general overseer quick way to become a leader quick way to become a choir director quick way to become a chorister there's no quick thing I'm telling you there's nothing quick in the ministry you work for God you'll find that there's nothing that's fast I've been there and I am still in it as I grew I realized I am nothing the more I improve, the more I realize that I am a sinner. Have you forgotten the stages of humility? What are the four stages of humility for uh, uh, Apostle Paul? Number one, he thought he was what? He, he's, not, that's not, he's not behind any apostle in, the, in, the ta- in town. Then as he grew, number two, he said what? I am the least of the apostles. Then as things grew wider in the ministry and he was moving on, what did he say? I'm the least of the saints. And then at his mature stage of ministry, he said what? I am the chief of sinners. And that's why he wrote it to Timothy privately. <laughs> and told him, I am the chief of sinners. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? So as you mature, you get closer to God. And as you get closer to God, you become more aware that you are not perfect and not good and not right and that God needs to forgive you all the time. Amen. Amen. So that is it's a stage in humility. But you, you realize that deception affects us even in the area of disloyalty. We think there's something quick, something fast, something nice, something pleasurable. Stage number four. Or stage three. Three, it looks like a nice, pleasurable way forward. Isn't it? No pain. No struggle. You're just going to become great. Like, like, like my friend who immediately became the worship and prayer leader of the largest church in the city. From being the assistant of a nobody, a housefly, Mosca Domestica. That was me. He was my assistant. The assistant of nobody. You get it? The assistant of a, a, an, an unknown entity. The assistant of somebody who has no future. He became immediately the well-known brother who stands in the largest church in the city, leading prayer and leading the church forward in times of prayer on Sunday morning. It was a powerful way forward. But 
after a few months they said brother if you want to be here leading prayer, we put you there to encourage you for leaving the church that you left we were happy when you left because we are advising people to leave that place so when you left and we saw you here we were happy so we put you here to encourage you they didn't say that but that is that is it we put you here to encourage you when you came from that church like i was telling you yesterday one one member of our church in geneva who went to another church when he got to the other church that he was saying it after he said that the people are very bad that's what he said he said when i went there and they knew that he, he was not uh, uh, to be there or was not supposed to be there when he went there the, the treatment that they gave him welcome are you joining us okay how are you this and that they were so it was like he was coming to be the king are you now here But after some time, they'll say, ah, you've come, join the masses now. What special treatment do you want? And before you realize, your deception has destroyed you. And like Judas, who thought he was quickly becoming a businessman and was going to set up his private taxes and other things with the 30 pieces of silver and do certain investments with UBS and Credit Suisse, he realized that it wasn't as he thought. And the next thing, he was on his way to hell. He hung himself. So don't think that I'm going from Lighthouse, I'm going to Gublikov Church. Gublikov Church is the best church. And when I go to Gublikov Church, the pastor knows me. And when I go to Gublikov Church, the pastor doesn't shout at me like Pastor Robert shout at me. And when I go to Gublikov International, everything will be okay and I can do freely God's work. Amen. Amen. Look carefully and see all those who have followed those who, whether they are really doing God's work now. As the years. Initially, oh yeah, initially, Atalia was there for six years. Initially, it looks as though they are doing something. And after a while, when you look closely, you realize that they have all turned into smoke. Because there is no quick, easy way up in the ministry. If God even gives you Saul, let us say that Pastor Jimmy is Saul, and you have been given to him for him to train you, your greatest test is to be able to be able to live with him as he's throwing spears at you. That is the training that God is giving you in the palace. And for you to be tested when people tell you, kill him, and you don't kill him. These are the examinations that you keep passing. When he looks weak and you are on his side still, whilst he is weak, not in his strength, as for strength. People are always on the side. People always help those who are strong or those who are rich. The Bible says a rich man has got many friends. But a poor man, even his neighbor doesn't know his name. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? Amen. So even if God puts you there to train you, amen, your duty is like Saul. So that your kingdom and your position will be really established. Is to endure the arrows and the spears and have a right spirit so that you pass through those examinations. 
if you are married and you don't like your husband or you don't like your wife and you are able to endure all that you are experiencing and walk in love you are passing an examination but if you throw away your husband or you throw away your wife you have not passed your exam you are right that the person is some way but God expects you to walk in love and survive and stay and when you get to heaven You'll be surprised if you read Rick Joyner's book. People who were being promoted in heaven were not being promoted in heaven because they had so many thousand churches, but because they were able to walk in love. There was a pastor, he was not able to walk in love. And when I checked the scripture, the Bible says, if you do everything in the world and even give your body to be bent, and you don't have love, it, the Bible says it profited you nothing. In other words, you don't benefit. You don't get the white stone. You don't get the hidden manner. You don't get the morning star. You don't get your invitation card. You don't get your position there. You don't get the invitation to the uh, this thing. You don't get the signature. You don't get the autograph. You don't get all the things that you need in heaven. No crown. You never join the royal family. Because you did not have love. You were not able to love. You were not able to love your wife. You're not able to love your pastor. You're not able to love the people who hurt you. The people who, 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 who prick you and who make you so hurt. You're not able to stay and have a sweet spirit. You don't have love. You have everything, but you don't have love. That's love. That's Christian love. So you may start a thousand churches, preach to ten hundred people, but if you cannot love the person that is next to you and love your husband, love your wife, and be a real Christian in secret and walk in love, it will not help you. Your offerings will not help you. You will find out that you are nothing. That is the surprise of reading the final quest. You're surprised that people who did so much were nothing. But it's in the Bible. It says you can do the highest and offer your body even to be bent. And if you don't have love, it will not benefit you. And where can it benefit you? Only in heaven. And it will not benefit you. So people here who cannot endure, say, I don't like Pastor Paul. The way Pastor Paul treats me is I want to be under Pastor Jonathan. It's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. God has given me, God has given me people. The people that God has given me have sometimes the things that people have done to me. And God has said to me, love this person. Sometimes I look at my own pastors and sometimes I know that they don't agree with me as I continue to love and to encourage. And when the troubles come, <laughs> you see, people want to hide so that they are not, their image is not affected by somebody's trouble. But it is in somebody's trouble that you really see who is standing with you. When our crisis came and our walls were broken by the government and we were attacked, it was then that I saw those who really support us as a church. Oh yes. Those who stood up there and said, this I'm with you. That's what the people I know that you see, these are the people that really, in time of trouble, they'll be there. Oh, yeah. Your friend is the person who is there when you are down. And he identifies with you and says, I like you. Even in Ghana, the former president, I hear, I mean, I may be wrong, but I hear that, yeah, they are going to just put him aside. You see, now his power is gone. At first, he was so powerful. And he will make everybody win the election. But now his power base is being broken down. And they will just set him aside. You wait and see. Is it the real so all these are hypocrites? Because without him you would never have been anywhere. 
But now that he is Milosevic on the side, you are going to put him aside and say, we don't know him from anywhere. Careful. You see human beings? Hmm. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me this morning? So let us not be deceived by the deceptions of this lawyer. God gives, look, God gives us different relationships to test our character. Me, I have seen God giving me, there are things that even I cannot talk about. God has given me certain experiences to test me. It has tested me to the uttermost. To the uttermost. But through it all, as I have endured and I have kept the right spirit, oh man, and then I begin to see that I'm, been, I'm passing some exams. And I get myself to certain realms that I would never have gotten to if I could not have that ability. And I read, I, you, know, you know one of the most important things? Like recently I was telling one brother, uh, one, one pastor, and that pastor too, you know, he shouldn't be doing that. But he's always doing that. Gutter level. He said, gutter. He wraps me in the gutter. Recently he had a program somewhere and uh, he was uh, doing something involving his ministry and his church. And when I went there, and I knew about all these things. And I went there and I said, after the program was over, I came to him talk to him. He said, we are going to donate five million to you. He was so surprised. Somebody came and told me, said that, all my life I've never heard this man say anything good about you. Today is the first day that I've heard this person say anything good about you. When somebody says he has not heard any, this man say anything good about you before. Meanwhile, he's my friend like this. Who? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a pity, I tell you. But you see, God gives us all these things. I believe that, like for instance, the people in Geneva who have hated us and fought against us, I believe that they are gifts from God for me for Pastor Robert, to keep him humble, to keep me humble, and to keep us in the path of righteousness. <laughs> they've done us a lot of good. They don't know. <laughs> yes. But it's necessary for us. And if we see them, we must be able to love them. Yeah. God, God gave me a test and told me, the people who have hurt me most, I must love them. That's why I went to a certain person who has hurt me so much, and I went to him and I said, look, I want to be friends with you. Whatever I have done, forgive me. Whatever you have done. No! I said, listen. We want, don't say listen. I said, we have... Don't say we. Don't say we. It's you. And it's always been you. I tried, you know. Because God has told me that it's my test. My test is not that I can pray for 10 hours. My test is that I have Christian love in me. Careful. Yeah. That's my test. That's why your test will be your marriage. Your test will be your human relationships. Oh yeah. If you preach to the whole thousand world and you don't have a good marriage that is at home. You are beating your husband. You thought I was going to say beating your wife. You are beating your husband. <laughs> you must be able to see 
Amen. And know that your Christian life is at stake. It's being tested. You've got to be a Christian before you are a pastor, before you are a shepherd, before you are anything. There must be real Christianity in there. And it is not easy. It will test you. Oh yeah, you will be tested well and truly. Well and truly. You see, it is easier sometimes to give your body to be burned than to love. Because when you give your body to be burned, you will be unconscious within a few seconds. When you give yourself a body, the heat and the smoke. So as you are burning, you are gone. Death is sometimes quick. And then that's all. Easy. You are gone. But to live in a house with an orangu husband or wife, it may be easier to be burned in fire. Careful. And that's why the verse says, if even you give your body to be burned and you don't have Christian love, it is useless. Amen. So, don't be deceived. There is nothing quick. Fast. We are going up fast now. We are, we are going to the top. Don't mind. There's a certain brother, one of our brethren. We trained him in our Bible school. Just this week, last week, he went to Nigeria. as a Nigerian. When he got to Nigeria, uh, he was with uh, Pastor Jacob and... Um, we have looked after this person. He's not that he's very wonderful. We have trained him. We have fed him. We have looked after him. We have given him accommodation and everything. Now suddenly, this guy, he knows the members in the church in Lagos. So he's gone around and he's told all of them, Pastor Jacob does not like Nigerians. And uh, Pastor Jacob is our pastor in, in, in Nigeria. He does not like Nigerians. And... Uh, and uh, He's uh, trying to he's trying to suck him and he's trying to do this and trying to do that and talk to all the people and he's like he's out of the church now trying to get the people now you see this person thinks that he's moving fast with the members few members that he's getting out there but he's going into smoke it will become smoke right now you know what you see you see and you look at this that if somebody has well, one day he will come and say sorry and I'll say oh brother I love you. Oh yeah. But so now you look at the investment you have made in people's lives and then the return is something like this. And you are going around staying, telling lies and taking the people. Amen. Anyway, okay. So what deception? We are giving you the deceptions. The next one is what? It looks like a possible way, isn't it? Is that not so? It's like, this is something that can work. That when I put two and two together, it looks like it can work. <laughs> Next one is what? It looks like the right thing because the guy is wrong and I'm right. Saul, you are throwing spear at me. Who is right? Who looks right? Saul, who is wrong? It looks like Saul is wrong. And David is right, isn't it? So it looks like David has a right 
to kill. Is that not so? So it looks right, but it's wrong. It's wrong. Nabal was a foolish husband who married Abigail. And Abigail told Nabal, Abigail told Nabal, this man, these people are men of God, we should have and, and Nabal said that we cannot help foolish people who always run away. And David had looked after Nabal's flocks many times. And he deserved a little reward for it. So when Nabal made those insulting remarks, David was very angry. He said, let's go and attack Nabal and destroy him. Again, it was a test for David. Abigail met him on the way and told him, Abigail said, look, if you become king, this thing would worry you when you are king. What you did when you came to burn us and kill us. He said, my husband is a fool. Don't let it disturb you. It will worry you in the future. Do you get it? I'm showing you these are the testings. You get it? It's test all the time you are tested. All the time you are tested. All, because if David have, and David listened, and David said to Abigail, Blessed be thy advice. Blessed be thy advice. I was about to do something that looked right but was wrong. It looked so right, but it's wrong. And look at the right thing to sort out this guy and show him. That I, David, although you see me staying in the forest, I have authority and power. And I can kill when I want to kill and burn when I want to burn. And you will see pepper, ginger, and salt. And you will know that, yes, I am David. They've called me, they didn't call me David for nothing. But now, Abigail, she came along. She said, Please, it will disturb you one day when you are on the throne. How many want to be disturbed? One day what you've done on your way there is now calling you. Our Ghana president, former president Rawlings. I think he's been one of the best presidents we've had. But you see, the things he did on the way have always disturbed him. You get it? The things, the killings of people. It's always a disturbance. So, thank God for the right way. God is giving us testings. Amen. It's a test, Pastor Jimmy. It's a test of your character. It's a test of your love. If you can pass that test, you are up on the way to the highest levels of ministry. Amen. One day, God spoke to me and told me that because you are at one of the highest levels of ministry, you are receiving some of the highest levels of accusation. Because what Satan is throwing at you, when he puts two and two together, realize that this and this and this and this will not work. I have to go higher. And when he's going higher, what is he coming with? Higher levels of accusation. Higher levels. It's a sign of a certain level. Amen. What's the next one? What's the next one? It looks like the leader is weak. How many realize that sometimes the pastor looks weak? How many feel that sometimes the pastor looks weak? Only four people think that the pastor looks weak. How many think that he always looks strong? How many think that sometimes he looks weak? Raise up your hand if you think he looks weak. Christine, sometimes your husband looks weak. You can see that he's weak. Because you are his wife. So you can see that he's weak. Amen. But if you are close, you know that he's a man, man. He's a man. 
after all is said and done he's just a man at his very best he's a man but that is not a reason for you to attack amen now back to this morning's lesson we are sharing about what yeah six or seven stages of disloyalty so i want to look at the deceptions of the different stages amen stage number one the stage of independence the deceptions of independence deception number one i need no one a person who has an independent spirit says i need what no one deception number two i am better on my own i am better on my own as a people who have an independent spirit are deceived into and it's with me into certain things and this is how they are the devil this is what the devil tells them he feeds them with this number one he tells them i need no one i don't need anyone number two he tells them i am better off on my own number three the third deception is i am being oppressed where i am i, I am being oppressed where wherever where i am like if i'm a part of a group once you are part of the group you are being oppressed as part of the group so being in the group is making you be oppressed huh? are you listening now i'm going to give you an example listen don't be deceived amen people who feel they have to be independent right often feel this way that number one i am what i need no one <laughs> you need no one now let me tell you something god has designed us to be sheep we are called the sheep of his hand psalm 95 verse 6 says come let us worship and bow down let us kneel before the lord our god our maker come let us worship and bow down let us kneel before the lord our god our maker for he is our god and we are the people of his pasture just a sheep of his hand just a sheep of his hand all we are is the sheep of his hand and if you are a sheep you need somebody to lead you it is not true that you need no one you know why I formed an, a national association in, in Ghana of churches? I formed an association of churches. In fact, it's another association that Yongicho is coming to Ghana. You know why I formed that? Because even though Lighthouse is one of the most blessed churches and one of the greatest churches in our country, 
we have established more churches more branches we have so many members all over we are blessed more than almost every other church that is around yet god has shown me that you need other pastors and other people you are not designed to be alone the design is not for aloneness we are designed to be together we are called sheep if you are independent on your own you are not that is not how you were made you are in danger one day i was in south africa and we were going on a uh, what do you call it be afraid of being alone some of us as church members we walk alone we have no one we talk to no one it's not a good thing i said one day i was in south africa we were going on a safari and when we when we got to a point we saw a lot of antelopes and the driver stopped and said look in the tree when we looked in the tree there was a monkey there were monk there was a monkey was a scout it was looking out for lions and so on and the antelopes were down there eating and all the antelopes some of them were standing on the side looking around and they were together animals were together for each other's protection then as we were going we were trying desperately to see a lion or one of these things but we didn't see one so the driver got a radio message that there is a lion at another place so he turned the car around quickly and we turned around and we went where the lion was said to be as we were going there when we got to a point i saw an antelope all alone blessing all alone is it a good thing because i knew i had the information we had the information that the lions were in just around there so we had turned around to go and see them and when we were going we saw this antelope all alone there immediately i said man man the thing has become somebody's supper by being alone god did not design you to walk alone pastors God is that not designed you to walk and be independent each other. I don't like mixing with people, just me and my husband. Look, you and your husband cannot keep you alive. You and your husband, every woman must have other friends. Because men don't talk as much as women. Women are designed women are designed to talk. So you must also have other friends apart from if my wife, uh, what do you call it, just me, she, she, she will not be happy. She needs other people to talk to, apart from me. Yeah. She talks to me and I also talk with her, but she needs others to chat with. Women have a need, they have a gift and a need to talk. Anyway, that's not the point. Don't let us go into other areas. Otherwise, we'll have that for breakfast. <laughs> and we will not go out of here. Mary, are you not designed to chat, to talk? Yeah. Just as men like sex, women like talking. That's all. Everybody should accept what he has made us. Amen. Careful. Now, I am saying that God did not make us 
to be alone. As soon as you see something that's supposed to be together with others, all on its own like that, danger. I need no one. You need. You need, first of all, others and you need your shepherd. Because God has designed us to be dependent. Sheep are the most dependent animals on earth. Have you ever seen a shepherd walking along and he has 17 snakes following him this way, humbly? All the snakes, 17 of them are coming nicely behind him. No. They, they were not designed to be followers or to move in groups. You often, often when a snake is killed, it is killed alone. When it is killed, it is killed alone. And sheep, you see, have you noticed why? Have you ever wondered why some animals never get finished? Even though they don't eat anyone and others eat them. But they never get finished. <laughs> have you ever wondered? I mean, antelopes don't eat anybody. Sheep don't eat anyone. And yet, they are never finished on the earth. Because they are not endangered species. You know who are becoming endangered species? The loners. Are becoming a, a, yeah, they are, they are becoming endangered species. Tigers are endangered, and so many other animals are endangered species. But those ones which depend especially on human beings are not endangered species. Two, two, two weeks ago, I was up in the mountains in Ghana, and I was having a, I was just having a prayer meeting with Pastor Eddie and Reverend Saki. I saw something that gave exactly what I'm saying. It just it just showed it. Classic. What happened was that I went out of the gate of the house. We just up in a mountain somewhere. And I went out of the gate of the house and I was walking. And as I turned around, I saw a sheep. And I said, Oh, a sheep? What is it doing here? And I said, Hmm. A sheep all in, on its own and it was looking at me. And I said, there must be other sheep. So I looked at the other sheep, and there were other sheep. You get it? It was not alone at all. Then as I got closer, I saw that it had been tied to a branch so that it could eat the grass in the area. So as I passed by, one of the sheep ran towards me with a head like that. And I said, I've not seen such an aggressive sheep for a long time. But as I looked at it, I just, I just had compassion on it, and I just went away. I didn't do anything to it. Then I went back into the house and I was sitting in the armchair praying. Then somebody shouted, Awo! 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 Which means snake. He had spotted a snake. The snake was lying on the wall outside. It was just resting there. As soon as he saw it, Pastor Eddie took a stick. I took a stick. We all rushed out. Pastor Eddie said, I'm going to pick it from the back. This one came from the front. This one came from the side. And then we started. We pushed it here. We hit it. We did that. Then it ran behind. It went behind the flower pot. And we attacked it. Then we pulled the flower pot. Then it ran here. Then I hit it. And it got the back. Uh, the mouth came out. Ah! And then it died. Who is more dangerous, a snake or a sheep? Who died that day? The sheep I saw or the snake that I saw? 
I said, who died that day? The snake I saw or the sheep I saw? Why didn't I kill the sheep and even take it home? It has an owner. If you like, take one. You will see the owner right now. I said, if you like, take one. You will see the owner right now. It has an owner. But the snake has no owner. God has not designed us to be alone. He has designed us to have an owner. He has designed us to have a sheep, a shepherd. He has designed us to be with others. It looks weak, but it's rather our strength. Your danger and your weakness is when you become isolated. And that's why God showed me, no matter how big you are, no matter how much you have, no matter what you are doing, stay closer with others. Other pastors. I have a lot of other pastors who are my friends who relate with me, not lighthouse pastors. A whole lot of people now come around and we relate. Because if I wanted, I could stay in my castle. There is nobody like me in town. There is none like me. I could easily, I could easily sit in my castle and sing that song. <laughs> Careful. <laughs> yeah. I say, who died on that day? The sheep or the snake? The snake died. So that thought that I need no one and that I am better off on my own is a deception. As you are a sheep and you make yourself a sheep, you have a shepherd, you have an owner. And it is that in itself is your greatest protection by being with others. The antelope I was talking about, you felt it was in danger because only because it was alone. As soon as you become as as soon as I started to interact with people like Yonggi Cho and other great men of God, I started to do better. As soon as I stay on my own, I don't do well. And that's why sometimes when you see we as a church, you say we are supposed to come for a camp and then some stay on their own. You get it? And we are all meeting, say, I am not there. And 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 we let's all come for a meeting. Say, I can't come for a meeting. And it's like you stay on your own. You are endangering yourself without even knowing it. How many realize that? It would have been good for some people to be at the camp who are not here. Yeah, but you see, you can't really see. They don't even know it. But just being on your own and being separate. Sometimes people are in a church and they have no friend in the church. It's just me and my husband. Life is not just you and your husband. Before you met your husband, you had friends and your husband also had friends. Sociologically, you need more than just one human being to live. It's just me and my husband, and we are going together, and I want always to be with him, and so that we will be happy. There's nothing like it, doesn't work that way in real life. If you want to, if you want your husband to be happy, he must also have a life, he must also have friends, he must also be happy. You also must be happy, you must also have friends, you must chat. One day I saw three sisters, they were going to somebody's house. I said, Where are you going? He said, We are going to our friend's house. So the next day, Sunday, I saw them. I said, How was your weekend? It was good. I said, what did you do? He said, they said, we chatted. <laughs> I said, chatted? He said, we chatted till 4 a.m. Man. Said, they, said, they said, we had a good time. I said, a good time? Yeah, a very good time. And I called one of them. I said, listen, I hope that when you marry, you will not expect him to be chatting like this. Because I said, I said, I asked, I asked, have you noticed that he doesn't chat like that? I said, I have noticed he doesn't chat like that. I said, that is how he is. We are not made to be like, I, me, I'm not like that. To me, I, my wife will be talking, I said, mm, uh, 
Oh, I see. Eh, mm, okay. And I'll be changing the channels on the television. <laughs> Life is not made up of just you on your own. We are not designed like that. We are designed as communal. It's like lions. Lions are not animals that stay on their own. They move in packs. You have one male lion and about 15 wives. And they are all together. And the, the women go hunting and the husband lies down resting. And when they've caught something, then the husband goes. Lions are lazy. If you see a lion from today, when you see a lion in a, in a cage, never feel sorry for it. They are very, you see them lying. That is what they, they sleep most of the day. And they just move very small. And then they come back. They are very, that is how they are nature. And they, they are supposed to be together. You see, God has designed, uh, lions have a nature of being predators. They are not praised. You see, God has put in us certain features. And we must accept it. When God calls us sheep, accept that you need me, Pastor Howard. And I need you. I can't be without you and you can't be without me. Never think that you are better off on your own. You are not better off on your own. You are better off with me even if I'm causing trouble for you. Because the trouble that will come by being on your own is more than the trouble that will come by being with me. Even lions, when they start to be on their own, if you read a bit about wildlife, like sometimes an old male, a, a younger male comes to take over the family and the older male is there the older male is eaten by jackals and wolves especially if they were chasing a zebra and the zebra gave a kick and he hit the jaw and the jaw is broken and the lion cannot bite pray about it jackals and wolves eat the lion oh yeah and they just stay together there's a certain nature I was once at a place and there were a lot of lions in the place and the man said I should come into where the lions are. So I went into the place where the lions are. And as I was moving the lions, and the way the lions were moving, and one of the lions came to me and held my leg here. You, you would like to pray about it immediately. <laughs> when the lion held my... I, I just moved my leg. And then I was even with my, uh, uh, one of my pastor's little daughter and the lion looked at her and started to come like that. And I said, it's time to go. <laughs> and we move out. Because the nature of the animal is coming out. Even though they were small, you see that the nature of the animal is coming out. And when the thing held me, if a lion ever holds you, pray about it. I'm giving you the deceptions of independence. I need no one. It's not true. You need someone. Do you think I'm where I am by being on my own? I have learned about what I have learned by le be interacting with other people and other men of God and other churches and reading books and tapes. That is how I, I am where I am. I'm not a self-made whatever. There's nothing like self-made. God has designed you to be dependent on, on me. The pastors, even the pastors that we have in the church, I am their pastor. I'm the pastor's pastor. They depend on me. And I also depend on them. It's a reality. 
As soon as you start to isolate yourself and to cut off yourself, you start to change. God's greatest protection for you is in your shepherd and in the reality of how he has designed things to be for you. One day I was at church and a lady was walking outside on the street and people were following her. She had taken off her shirt, her top, and she was now bare-chested and she was moving to the street and she was holding a, a what do you call it pan and she was beating it and beating her chest and walking to the, the streets of Collegon or where the church is and she was walking and stuff and the people were following her so I said ah this woman who is just bare chested moving all over the place shouting and talking and, and, and people were following her I said what is happening and they told me somebody has taken her chicken <laughs> her chicken that was moving outside that was, somebody had caught it <laughs> somebody has caught the chicken you see in Ghana you will see chickens walking around but they have an owner if you like, take one and see. <laughs> you have an owner. Hallelujah. We are the sheep of his pasture. He's watching over us. And he has given shepherds to water. You can't just come and take one like that. God will remove his chest and start beating his chest. I say, who are taking my chicken? Who are taking my sheep? I want my sheep. So even though you see them walking around, that's why in Ghana, you just wonder, ah, as this sheep and goat are walking around on the street, can somebody not just take it? It's not like that. It's not like, you can't just take the sheep. You can't just take, it has an owner. If you like, take one and see. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, another deception that comes is that many people who are fighting against being dependent and being part of something, the devil tells them that you are being oppressed by being, it's like some, some hard hand is ruling over you and pressing you down. And that's, another, that's another deception. You know where you see it best? When you go from South Africa to other parts of Africa, in Ghana, we have had independence for 44 years or 45 years. We are free from the white man as, as it were. But our oppression is greatest. Now. We have we've been oppressed by President Rawlings, under President Rawlings for many years. Under his regime, many people have been killed and disappeared. My roommate tells me said there was a man on his road. The man they came for him in the evening. He never came back. Somebody's father. He they came for him in the evening. He never came back home up till today. They never saw, they said, they should come. If they need it for something, that was, they've never seen him again after today. Judges have been killed. People's fathers have been killed. So many. You said the white man was oppressing us. The white man was oppressing us. The prisons which the white man was using, we are using them now under worse conditions. If ever you are going to go to prison, pray that you go to a white man's prison and not to a prison 
Uh, not to a prison in Ghana. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Careful now. Oh, yeah. The, se- the oppression they are waiting for us. Not really. Okay. The oppression is greater now. Liberia. Charles Taylor has bombed out. Uh, bombed out the electricity. Where's Vida? Is that also? Vida will tell you she was in the she was in the play. From that time, how many years ago? Eight years. The lights have been turned off up till today. There's no light. Only in the president's house there's electricity. There's no water in the country. There is no toilet. There's nothing. It's, it's eight is over ten years now. Since the lights went out. So you're alone to the same, is that also? You have lights. Who is from Sierra Leone here? Uh-huh. You said a white man was oppressed. You see, there is a certain deception. If that is oppression, if that is oppression, sometimes you think that somebody is oppressing you. But sometimes it is even not oppression compared to yours. When you start to oppress and you have to choose, you may say, between the two, I think I like this one. If apartheid, and apartheid was a very stupid law. Say, white should be here, black should be here, black should be this, white cannot do this, this is that, uh, this people can have education, this people cannot have education, this and that. It's a very foolish law. Because there's already apartheid in the world. There's no need to make it a law. Apart means, apartheid means apart. White is here, black is here. That is how the world, Europe has got the white people, Africa has got the black people. Europe has got money. The white people have the money. Black people don't have the money. It's apartheid. Is that not apartheid? It's apartheid already. There's no need to make any law. It is already like that. (laughs) Yeah. Even in Ghana, apartheid is coming. All the big companies are now being owned by white people and the black people are serving them. There's no need to make it a law. It is how it is already. So you say you are being oppressed. And you come to the place and you see no road, no water. Ghana, we just had floods. Rain, small, not flood, rain for four hours. Rain for four hours, you should have seen. The whole country is poor. So say we are being oppressed. When I went to South Africa, I told Pastor Kluvi, I said, there is nowhere like this in Ghana. When I get to Ghana, I said, there is nowhere like this in South Africa. Anywhere. Anywhere at all. I'm telling you, everybody should visit South Africa. After visiting Africa, you must visit South Africa and Africa. (laughs) So if people say, I am being oppressed, but you may find out that it is not actually as oppression as you may have thought. And many people feel that actually I'm being oppressed. And because of that, they don't want to be under a system. And I want to to say that don't let the devil deceive you into thinking, oh, if I listen to Pastor Imaros, I'm being oppressed. That's a lie. How can you be oppressed? Am I oppressing you? But you see, the devil could tell you he's oppressing you. He wants to make himself into a god. Are we worshipping him? Are we worshipping him? Let me tell you, everything can be described in different ways. You can give me respect. Somebody can stand aside and say, that's not respect. That is where you are worshipping him. Somebody said, he's a thin God. 
Someone said, uh, this is human uh, adoration. Everything can be described or re-described. Depending on how you want it to look. Let's say Pastor Robert and Pastor Richard are standing here. Come and stand here. Give him a gentle blow. A gentle blow. Oh. <laughs> and, and, and give him another blow. Another gentle blow. No, no, no. You give him a blow. <laughs> now, Avita is standing at the door. She could go out and she could st- tell somebody that Pastor Richard is beating Pastor Robert. Is it true? Yes. Another person could go out and say that Pastor Robert is bullying Pastor Richard. Could it also be true? Yes. Another person could go out and say, Pastor Richard and Pastor Robert are quarreling. Is it true? Yes. Another person could go out and stand out and say, Pastor Richard hates Pastor Robert. Is it true? Yes. Another person could go out and say that Pastor Richard and Pastor Robert, Pastor, uh, Pastor Richard wants to kill Pastor Robert, has tried, tried to kill Pastor Robert on Sunday. Is it true? Yeah. Another one could say two lighthouse pastors are fighting in church. Is it true? Another one could say two lighthouse pastors are fighting over the offering. Is it true? Uh, it's possible. So one event that is happening, you have 10, 12 descriptions of the same thing that is happening. Depend on how you want to see it. So respect for the man of God. You can call it worship. If you want to make it sound so nasty and so horrible, so that people will stop, that is what Satan does. He redescribes something that is good or something that is supposed to be. He will turn it into something else and describe it another way. When you hear it, everybody doesn't want that thing. The two pastors are quiet. You could also say two pastors were acting a play. How do you want to describe it? If you honor me, as your father, you could say that I'm, we have honored that we are honoring our bishop. He's the father, our father. If he were not there, we would not be here. We want to honor him as our father in the ministry. After all, the Bible says, if I'm your father, where is my honor? Where is my honor? If I'm your father, where is my honor? Another person could look at it and say, ah, they worship that man in the church. Uh-huh. He's always worshipped. He's the, he's the only one whose name is, is mentioned. Or somebody could say, ah, Pastor Richard is the only one preaching in church. Because he's so full of himself. One day somebody came up to Pastor Richard, is it you or Pastor Joel? And told Pastor Joel after church, Pastor Joel, you remind me of my father. Pastor Joel was thinking that it was a, I mean, a, compl- a nice compliment. And he said, You are so full of yourself. You are just like him, my father. You are so puffed up. Because he's preaching confidently. Somebody could say he's full of himself as he's preaching. Some would say he's a very confident preacher. Some would say he's very anointed. Different way of describing the same thing. Redescribing. So from today, don't describe something nice in a negative way. Otherwise, every good thing will be turned into something else. It will be twisted. And then before you realize, something that is honorable, something that is nice something that is good and right has been re-twisted and re-described into something else. Careful. And when we do that, we stop good things.
in Geneva, how do they greet? Is it not so? Careful. Because if somebody wants to de- re-describe it, the way they kiss in the church, you would like to pray about it. When somebody goes back to Nigeria to go and say, the way, and say, I saw the pastor smooching a certain sister, kissing her in the, in the church, I swear God, in the church, if you like, come and see. I swear God, I saw it. Another person will come and say, the pastor has problems with women. He kisses all of them. The same thing is being retold, redescribed, and it now doesn't look nice. Oh, he well, uh, he had he, he had the person say, uh, they are hugging because they want to feel certain feelings. Oh man, it's unfortunate. It's a pity. A simple thing, a nice thing, has been now twisted into something else. Careful. And we spoil. The Bible says to the pure, all things are pure. But to the defiled, nothing is pure. Nothing. The defiled and unclean, nothing is pure. No matter what it is, it's not good. Amen. 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 Are you listening to me? So, Pastor Robert and Pastor Richard, I'm just saying something. You can see a beautiful, like, let's say you depend on me, just like sheep and a shepherd. You can describe it as a beautiful relationship between a shepherd and a sheep, between all the pastors and their members. A beautiful, honorable, nice relationship. And somebody who can say, eh, they are clones. They are, they are, they are worshipping the, the man. They are following uh, uh, this thing. They don't have a mind. They have lost their personality. Oh, man. They are copycats. Somebody is listening to tape and learning how to preach and somebody will stand and say, yeah, they, are, they are copycats. You see, you are spoiling something. You are re-describing. Because I listen to tape to learn how to preach and to preach. And somebody will stand and say, eh, they are clones. Clone? Do you know what is a clone? So we have to be careful of how we describe and re-describe nice things. Amen. Somebody can be... Uh, Shouting in the house with his husband or wife. And somebody can say they were fighting. They were quarreling. Someone said they were discussing. Someone said they were talking loudly. Someone said we can hear them outside. Different ways of describing it gently so that it has the right impact. Amen. Amen. How many realize that dependence on the Lord and on, the, on one another and on the shepherds that God gives us is a good thing? How many realize that is for your protection? How many would like Jesus to rise up in heaven and start to beat his chest and say, where is my sheep? You cannot take my sheep just like that. Hallelujah. And, and that's what happens. You see, when our, one of our pastors died in uh, South Africa, uh, not in South Africa, in, um, when I was in South Africa, one of our pastors died. He died early in the morning at 4 a.m. The first person they came to call us, they called me at home at that time. You see, because as soon as the real, what do you call it, comes, I'm the one. Our pastor in South Africa, he was attacked. He was going to the bank 
and they attacked him. He didn't remember up till today. The next he saw that he was in the hospital. He didn't even know his name. When that thing happened in the middle of the night, the first person that his wife called was me in the middle of that. Because you see, at the end of the day, that is the relationship that if something is really going on, I am the one that will be called. Because that is the relationship that is there. It's the shepherd of the sheep. He's the one who will be called. The father is going to be called that this is what is happening with your child. Because God has designed it that way. Are you listening to me? And so you must respect, you must know that it's a real thing. If God has given you a pastor in your church, you must respect him, honor, and know that it's a wonderful thing to depend. Because you do depend, whether you like it, or whether you want it, or whether you don't want it. You actually do depend. You are designed that way. You are not designed to be independent. You are not designed to be a lizard or a snake. You are designed to be a sheep. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our God, our maker. For we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Just a sheep. We are just the sheep of his hand. So let's be real sheep. And that's why me, I'm a bishop and I've got churches, almost more than 200 churches. But I know I need this pastor with this small church. I need this pastor also as part. That's why I formed an association because there was none. It's good for me. It's good for me not to be an island, isolated. Just me and my wife and my kingdom. No. It's good to relate and not to be independent. Independence is a deception. Many people who have gotten their independence when they shouldn't have got it are unhappy about it. One time I went to Cape Coast and I saw the slave castle and the guide was taking us round. And I said to him, if they brought the slave ship here, today to carry you to America to be a slave would people go in America today I asked him would people go that was the guide he said to me I will be the first person to go on that ship that was the guide the tourist guide he said to me I will be the first person to go on that ship <laughs> oh yeah it's not what I heard what he told me he said I will be the first person to go on that ship amen Thank you, Jesus, for fighting the spirit of independence in our lives. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. How many are blessed with advancing in loyalty? How many are not going to have an independent spirit anymore? Powerful. Can you preach what I've preached? Lydia, you can't preach it. No, you must be able to share it. You can share with somebody. So when you go from the camp, and the people, they ask you, what, what did they say at the camp? You have to, to tell them that we realize that we are not born to be independent. Did you not realize that? Yeah. We are born to depend. Who died on that day? The snake or the sheep? <laughs> ask, write it down. Who died? The snake or the sheep? <laughs> write it in your book. Who died on that day? The snake or the sheep? <laughs> Who is more fearful, the snake or the sheep? The snake, but who died? The snake. Because there is power in dependence. Amen. All right. Pastor Nikopo, we are breaking for breakfast, is that not so? And we'll come back at what time? 10 or 10.30? 10.30. Okay. 10.30 is reporting time. Take off 10.30. This time we're reporting at 10.30 and we're taking off at 10.30, alright? 
All right. Um, Nikopo is coming to give us some announcement. And humility. How many feel? Now, I want everybody to make sure you get the tapes on humility. Amen. Amen. Are you going to get those tapes? Yes. Are you going to soak them in? Yes. Hallelujah. And God is going to bless you. I want you to particularly listen to those because I believe that God, that the spirit of pride that is so entrenched in this place is necessary for us to, you know, uh, deal with it so that we overcome the spirit of pride that is in this place. Amen. Amen. What is the second area in which we are advancing in Pergamos? Soul what? Soul winning. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are we going to win the lost at any cost? Are you sure we are going to do that? Amen. We are going to win the lost at any cost. If it means we have to travel at our own expense, we will travel. Amen. And now those who are traveling to do the work and so on apart from one or two very long journeys everybody just pays for himself and goes if you can't pay for yourself you can't go and we don't want you to go amen that is the price you have to pay if you are going to do it amen, amen. and god will bless you if you do it if amen. you can't do it god bless you as you stay wherever you are amen God is going to use us to win Switzerland for Jesus. How many can see that we are taking the battle to the gates of the enemy? Would you like it if a battle was being fought outside your gates? It can easily come into your house. Is that not so? And so when the Bible says you take the battle to the gates of the enemy, it means that you are getting to your victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we are taking the battle. We are no longer on the defensive, trying to uh, 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 defend every criticism and all the lies and all the stories and all these things. But rather, we are taking the battle to the enemy now. We are going to the the enemy's gates. And we are going to have victory. Are you not feeling cold? Okay. We are going to have victory over Satan. Amen. Amen. And we are going to stand strong and fight and win. Because this whole continent is deceived. Is that not so? It's full of deceived, lost humanity. A continent that once gave up human beings and missionaries all over the world sending them to die because of the name of Christ today does not even believe in the existence of a God up there it is full of sodomic people who have made themselves sodomites homosexuals immoral people Deceivers, corrupt, drug addicts, godless people, having an appearance of beauty, but within 
lost and crying out for a God, God is going to use us. I feel God using us in Jesus' name. He's going to anoint us. And we are going to do outreach. Are we going to do the outreach? Every week for 12 weeks, we are going to meet every Sunday before our service. Is that not so? And what are we going to do before the service? We are going to pray instead of getting ready at home. You get ready very quickly and rush to church and pray there. It is not easy to pray at home when you are getting ready for church. How many have experienced that it is not easy to pray when you are getting ready for church? So the best thing is to rush out. When you get to church, there you can pray and just stay there and pray. And we are going to do this so that we are, we are there earlier. There's going to be more prayer in the church. Amen. And then what else are we going to do on Saturdays? We are going to do Saturday for how long? For at least two hours. Everybody in Geneva, everybody in Lausanne, everybody in Basel, everybody in Zurich, everybody in Olten, everybody in Winterthur, and every all of us, we are going to go to the streets one after that. Even if you talk to a hundred people and a hundred people throw you away, there is somebody somewhere whom God will touch. And out of these outreaches, I tell you, God is going to move and we are going to see a harvest coming in. We are going to see the harvest coming into the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. God is going to do something powerful. Remember the story of Daniel. Daniel the refugee. The castrated refugee. They had removed his uh, testicles. He was now growing bigger and bigger. Have you seen what happens when you castrate a dog? It becomes very big. He was just growing big. His, his manhood had been removed. His life had been reduced to nothing. He was a, cap, a captive. He was a refugee. He was an economic refugee. He was nothing. But God had a great ministry through that person whom human beings would have described as a second-rate human being. Someone who had nothing to offer. Yet God used him, a castrated refugee, to be a powerful prophet and he ministered to different prime ministers of three different regimes he ministered and was the prime, even promoted to become prime minister and deputy prime minister under three different regimes he was a deputy prime minister for Nebuchadnezzar he was a deputy prime minister for Belshazzar he was a deputy prime minister for Darius the king brothers and sisters I don't care who you are I don't care where you came from I don't care about the color of your skin. I don't care about what your background is. I don't care how many times you've been under and you've come out of the mud and you've gone under and you've been clean and you've come out 17 times. God has decided to use a castrated refugee. How many feel you are better than a castrated refugee? Somehow you are better in Jesus' name. Is that not so? God is going to use us. I said, God is going to use us. We have something to offer. I said, we have something to offer for the healing of this nation and of the nations. We have something. We have something. We have something. Sometimes, my mother's friends, my mother, most of my mother's friends are Swiss ladies who are living in Ghana. And sometimes my mother's friends are against church. 
and even would criticize and say certain things. And one time, my mother herself analyzed. And, was, and, we, and we look and he said that these people, where is this one's son or child? This one's child is a drug addict somewhere. This one's child is a fallout somewhere. This one is a mental case somewhere. And then you look at her children who know Jesus, who are born again. Which one is better? Because we are normal and we are serving the Lord. Which one is better? I tell you something. You have people who criticize and say also things. But I want you to know that we are well and many people are sick. And we have something to offer. And we must be sure of what we are saying. That we have something that is valuable and necessary for people's lives. For them to be saved and to come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. We must know and believe that God has given us something to offer, to give for these people. We are going to do it. I said we are going to win the lost. Remember what Inspector Bloomhart said? How many remember Inspector Bloomhart? What did he say? He said, if the European slave traders are roaming the shores as what? Predators. We are not going to shy away and run away because of fear for our lives. There is a reason why God has brought us here. There is a reason why God has raised us up to this point. There is a reason why God has lifted up our ministry to this point. We are taking the battle to the gates of the enemy. We will stand in front of his gate and fight there. And when the next bomb comes, his gate will go down. For the next bomb comes, we we'll see the dogs are running out. The next time we see a bomb, we see all the people in the house have raised up their hand. And they are coming out in surrender. And I see God using you. I say, I see God using you. There are several people here. You wouldn't like anybody to know about your real past. You want to pray about it. You wouldn't like it. But God has decided to use you. Because God does not use you because you are a good person. God uses you because He is a kind and merciful God. God will use you because He is gracious. And His grace is what is going to work. Not you and your goodness. Because all our righteousness are filthy rags before the Lord. Hallelujah. So we are advancing in winning the lost at any cost. Number three, what area are we advancing in? Loyalty and loyalty. Is that not so? Alright, now I was beginning to share with you. Now I want us to learn a song. I want us to learn a song about winning the lost. Amen? And I want us to learn it this morning. Okay, write down the words. We must work while it is day. Spreading the word of God as we move along the way. Have you got that? First line is, we must work while it is day. Spreading the word of God as we move along the way. Have you got that? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Have you got that? We must work while it is day. Spreading the word of God as we move along the way. Third line. We must seek to do his will. Have you got that? That's the third line. We must seek to do his will. Have you got that? Fourth line. Spreading the word of God to each and every one. Amen? Have you got that? Now the chorus. The chorus. We must witness to everyone we meet. We must witness to everyone we meet. Have you got that? We must witness to everyone we meet. In every song we sing. Cold today. <laughs> okay. We must witness. No, be happy. We must witness. If you are cold, you can close it. I've solved my cold problem personally. <laughs> we must witness to everyone we meet in every song we sing. The last line We must tell the world of the soon and coming king. We must tell the world. Of the soon and coming king. We they don't believe us. We must tell them about the soon and coming king. Because as sure as heaven and earth exist. As sure as there is day and night. As sure as the sun rises and the sun sets. So also shall the coming of the son of man be. It will happen and it will come suddenly on the earth. When they say peace peace suddenly it will come when they think not people will be eating drinking marrying and giving in marriage and suddenly our lord our king will appear and all our plans will change amen how many want us to spread the word of god are you ready to spread the word of god are you going to help to spread the word of god amen now I believe that as a church in Zurich and Geneva and Basel, our duty is to help to spread the word of God. Amen. And today I want to involve you in spreading the word of God. Amen. Now, I believe that as you walk in humility, God himself is going to lift you up and bless you. Amen. Now, thank God that the word of God we are preaching. How many believe that we have something to offer? Do you really believe that we have something to offer? Yes. And we have something to offer to Europe. Whether we are offering it in English, French, Spanish, whatever. Now, a time has come where this gospel that we have is going a step further into different languages amen and i am happy to introduce to you the first of my books that has been translated into french amen and printed hallelujah
Now, the French community is about 50 to 70 years behind the English community in terms of the gospel. They need our help. And how many believe we have something to offer? How many believe that we also have something to offer to Germany? And in German? Amen. I believe. And right now, we are at this point where we are at the French. We printed this in Geneva. And I believe that we can go further, amen, and print some of the important books, especially the books that are used to train leaders and pastors. Amen. So that as our churches are, because we have started, we just have small churches now in Abidjan, Côte d'Ivoire, in Benin, Senegal, and Paris, and so on. And it is not easy in those ways, but we are determined. We must witness spreading the word of God to each and every one in every language that is possible. Amen. Now this book is not my book. It is our book. It's the Lord's book. I've told you before, I don't earn money by writing. I have not yet earned any money from writing. Even 10 pounds have never been given to me for writing any book. Amen. Although we have printed hundreds of thousands of books. And I believe that we must translate lay people, the mega church, anakazo, loyalty, and so on, so that we can train more leaders even in French and all the other small books here. Amen. How many want us to do that? Now, I can write and I have written. Somebody can translate and people have trans- helped to translate in our church. Is that not so? Denise has helped. De- Put your hands together for Denise who has helped. Alette has also helped. Put your hands together for Alette over there. Marie Noel. Where's Marie Noel? Marie Noel has also put your hands together. Can you please stand up, all the translators? God bless you. Stand up. Linda has also helped. Lady Pastor Linda has also helped. Thank you. And you said who else has helped? Donna has also helped in the past. Where's Donna? Is she here? She's at large. Okay. Barbara and Zurich has also helped uh, in French. Amen. And this book, what does it say? Ne de, ne de nouveau. It means what? To be born again. Okay. You are nouveau né. Huh? Is it correct? Yeah. <laughs> now, we are printing these books for ourselves to be blessed. Now, to print these books, it's, it cost us about, it cost us about, this little one, it cost us about 3,000 francs to print a 1,000 of these. Okay. And, uh, am I right? It's more than that. Okay, maybe I'm giving some wrong figures. I'm sorry. It's printed in Geneva. It's not printed in Africa. It's printed here. Right? And um, it's, it's costing some thousands of francs to print. Now we want to do the big ones. The big ones. We want to get them translated seriously, quickly. If we have to pay for it, we are ready to pay for it. And then we want to print it. Amen. So I am estimating that we are going to need about 30,000 Swiss francs to do this project. So that by December this year, these books will be in French. Not for me, for us to work in Paris, in France, in Geneva in Côte d'Ivoire, 
no chattel in all over so that we can work and we can be on the train and we can just give it to somebody say bonjour parlez-vous français okay je suis uh-huh. Pierre est chédu. and then you just give it to the person and that's it amen do you think it's a good idea do you think we should do that amen and so today I believe that I can write you can give money to, for us to do it. So, somebody may see me and say, oh, you printed a book. I just wrote that people printed it and shared it out. Amen. And the word of God. And one day when you get to heaven, you will be surprised at the shares because God is just a fair, just God. That you have been involved in spreading the word of God. And making the word of God come to many people. Amen. Amen. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So, this is just a rough estimate. It may be more, probably more, and so on. But we are going to print this. And I believe we can print, even if we can't print a thousand, we can print 500 of each. At least it started and it is in existence. And then it's moving on. Amen. Amen. So today, I'm calling on you to make special sacrifices. This morning, amen. To let us pay for this work to be done. Pa, 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 pa. It's done. No struggle. We are not taking offerings. We are just giving. Amen. What do you think? What do you think about it? Do you think it's a good idea? How many would like to be involved in that? How many would like to be involved with that? How many would like to be involved with that? Almost everybody. Okay. Now, this is not a pledge. This is not a, uh, something that we are going to struggle about. We are going to be ringing you. You said you were going to give this. We don't, we don't want all that. If you can give, we want you to give. Now, I want some people who will give 5,000 Swiss francs to this thing. 5,000 Swiss francs to print. Thank you, one person. I need more than one person on this. 5,000. Then we've climbed to 10,000. One more person, 5,000 Swiss francs to print these books here. 5,000. Thank you, my sister. I always forgot your name. Adib. Okay. One more person, 5,000 Swiss francs. I want to give 5,000 to help to print these books in French. 5,000. One more. One more. I should call you. I should call your name. 5,000. Pastor Albert, should I call your name out? Not yet. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Charlie. Thank you. One more person. 5,000. I've got 10,000 to print these books. We are raising the money here. We are not taking offerings. We are just raising the money. Anybody who raises your, your hand, it's what you are going to give. And God bless you. The money is going to be... We are, this is a committee. Pastor Robert, Noel, Marie Noel, uh, Alette... Denise, we are printing the thing in French. I've written the thing. I've left. Now I've come to you. I'll hand it over to you to take it and move it to the next place. Amen. Five thousand. This message continues on the next track. Keep listening.